0: I'm Morgan Robbins, at Mother on Twitter, designer for Level Up, Advanced 5th Edition, Mythic Odysseys of Theros, writer for Icewind Dale, Rime of the Frostmaiden, and you are listening to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. This week, Morris and Peter talk about the best ways to introduce players to a new RPG. In the news, Dungeons & Dragons product delays, a new unearthed Arcana playtest for D&D, new Pathfinder and Starfinder product announcements, RPG has been hacked, and more! Plus, a brand new sketch about learning how to be the best of the best in the danger zone of Dragon Combat. This week on Morse's unofficial tabletop RPG Talk... The podcast this week is sponsored by Bertram, 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 Bertram and Sons, the best lawyers in town. I hereby warrant that this is my honest opinion, and that I am not contractually obliged to make this claim, having no binding relationship with the company in question, and that I, the undersigned, oh, oh wait, I wasn't supposed to read that last bit, was I? Never mind. Bertram, 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 Bertram and Sons are the best. Definitely. All the tabletop role playing news. We aim to muse and we aim to enthuse. And Morris' unofficial tabletop RPG talk. Hello, 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 and welcome to Morris' unofficial tabletop RPG talk. I am Russ, a.k.a. Morris, or Morris, a.k.a. Russ. And with me this week is... Peter Coffey from
1: the Southampton Guild of Role Players. Russ has ever. It is a delight to be here. I am, however, bereft. Bereft? Yes, yes. Here I am, poised, poised, I say, to dive into the best hype speech, the most escalating hype speech I could possibly do. And no Jessica. Is that
0: why you're dressed all in black?
1: Yeah, yes, it's uh, the <laughs> traditional sign of the morning. I, um, see. I, I, I thought about just going for a black armband, but I figured you probably wouldn't be able to see that through the uh, Zoom call. So no, Fair yeah.
0: enough. Okay. Well, no, Je- yeah. Jessica is on holiday. Holiday? Holiday, yeah. I, I don't know yeah. what they are either, but but no. Jessica is <laughs> having, having one. <laughs> and, and we'll be back, never fear, Huzzah! next week. In theory, yes. we're all uh, at UK Games Expo, so in theory, we <coughs> are sort of planning to try and record the podcast at the show. Nothing could be easier. Nothing could possibly sure be go wrong. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Yes. But uh, anyway, enough, anyway. enough of that. Enough of that. Yes. Shall we get on with this week's news? Oh, a bold choice. us. Mm. Do you know what I, I- hear there's a lot of news. There's, there's a bit of news. There is a bit of news. So. Okay. Guess what I read this week? The back of your cereal packet. No, because I don't
1: have any cereal packets, because I don't eat cereal. Oh, fair, fair enough then. In which case, hey, I have no idea. What have you read? <laughs> You've eliminated all the possible options. <laughs> Have you, have you read <laughs> one of your many, 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 many role playing games that you've never played? Uh, no! <laughs> no! Well, that, I mean, I've eliminated, I mean, well, it was like, you know, when you've eliminated the impossible,
0: the improbable <laughs> <laughs> must be what's left. <laughs> Shall I tell you what it is that I read? Oh, God. I read the first thousand words or so
1: hmm.
0: of the upcoming Lance novel, Dragons yeah. of Deceit. Oh. Were there dragons? There were no dragons in those thousand words.
1: I what mean, do you seen? want to
0: know? Because it's spoilery. But it's not spoilery, because it's just an introduction to a character. It's thousand
1: words. Okay, that's basically an extended blurb. Go on Yeah,
0: then. yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, So it starts off with um one of the main characters, which is um, Destina Rosethorn, is her name. <laughs>
1: um, yes. Oh, yes, yes, yes. A perfectly prominent name,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. Yes. <laughs> well... <laughs> alright, alright. To be fair, she's Solanic, and, and they all use these sort of faux Latin yeah, right. kind of, you know, Rose Thorn, Bright Blade, you know, they all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. So, to be fair, it isn't any worse than the names in the original, um, original books. No, no, I suppose. Derek um, Crownguard, Guard, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, that's fair, that's fair. I mean, I suppose, uh, I, when I first read them, I hadn't been exposed to the concept of fanfiction. Hmm. So there's that. Too.
0: Anyway, <laughs> anyway, anyway, anyway. So, yeah. Destina Rose Thorn with her parents. Yes. Yeah, right. In Solamnia. Now, as far yeah. as I can make out, this introductory scene is set before the War of the Lance. Oh, okay. I think. Um, so, yeah. yeah so she's with her parents and they're just talking and they have a glass of wine and stuff and then mm-hmm. her mother lo- looks into the dregs of the wine to see the future and she sees like mm-hmm. dragons and stuff and then that's basically the end of the thing and it's kind of like this ominous oh no those horrible dragons <gasps> so that's that's basically right. the opening thousand words or so right? right. Uh, that's right um, and, and there's a brand new map of Anselon as well which is nice mm-hmm. from Jared Blando who's done an awful lot of the D&D maps Oh, okay. I think. Well, that sounds quite jolly. Um, yeah, it does look very nice. Post-Cataclysm oh. Encelon is a very nice map. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, if you want to read the first thousand words of Dragons of the Sea, you can do so. We'll put the link in the show notes. It's over at polygon.com. Okay. Well,
1: um, that's definitely something that I shall look into. Mm.
0: We also know slightly more, do you, do you recall the cover of the book? What did it look like? I'm going to say no. Three figures with a dragon behind. One of those figures is Tasselhoff Perfect. The other is Destiner. And finally, there's a mysterious dwarf called Wolfstone who comes from the Kingdom of Thorbardin. Oh, and the dragon behind them is a copper dragon called Saber. Oh, okay. I don't think I've seen that. Um, um, pretty sure you
1: have. Although, to be to, to be fair, to be fair, you it, say three figures in front of a dragon, it's like, saying. So, Peter, uh, have you have you seen any gentlemen with beards at your role-playing game club?
0: Well, all right, yeah. Um, yeah. They,
1: they, they they might be wearing long black coats. And,
0: like, <laughs> I'm sure. Get um, out. long black coats are out of fashion now, no, nah, nah, That's fair, that's fair. <laughs> I'm just thinking about universe, It's though. not It's there not you know. the 1990s anymore, Peter. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's, f- to it, it's fedoras these days. Oh, dear God, yes. <laughs> Look...
1: 1996 was 10 years ago. I'll hear no arguments to the contrary. <laughs> yeah, <if>
0: only. <laughs> yeah. yeah, <Anyway>. yeah. <laughs> Moving on. So, yes. um So, Dragons of the, sea is the first book in the trilogy. Not yeah. connected at all in any way to the stuff that Wizards of the Coast is doing with the D&D source book later this year. Mm-hmm. Completely separate story. Completely separate. So, they're going off on their own way. They're branding it classic Dragonlance. Okay. They're calling this the Dragonance Destinies, Volume One. So we had the Dragonance mm-hmm. Chronicles, we had the Dragonance yes. Legends. Yes. We got the Dragonance Destinies. Yes.
1: And Dragon Tales. Tales. There were others. Yeah, I can't remember yeah. them all. Though. Think, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, there there no, were. Others. Not not hugely relevant.
0: Yeah, anyway. yeah, yeah. 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 I'm I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's got um, it's got the device of time journeying and it has time travel. Ooh, I don't know. Town. We'll see. We shall see.
1: I, I, I am probably going to pick it up and have a read. Yes. Because it, it sounds like a laugh. I do do have I do. I do have fond memories of the original books. <laughs> I, they're
0: not hugely well written. I would still sit and watch a Netflix series of that to death.
1: Oh, yeah. Or an HBO yeah, one. Yeah.
0: Or something. I, I like this quote from Margaret Weiss in this Polygon article, which contains oh, yeah, that yeah. Um, thousand words. It says, My working relationship with Wizards of the Coast was just excellent. Hmm. Is that, is, that, is that why they sued Wizard of the Coast for $10 million?
1: <laughs> I mean, is, is, is our relationship truly excellent since i sued you for $10 million? For I suppose so, yeah.
0: You should get on that.
1: <laughs> you see, I, 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 I rather feel that maybe the word excellent is doing a lot of weight bearing
0: that maybe it's not designed for. <laughs> maybe maybe on CRIN on the word excellent means something entirely different. Oh, it could be. It could be like, yeah. do you remember that excellent Dragon War? That sort of thing. Uh, yeah, I mean, there
1: were some excellent dragons in there. Mm. so that's actually the same thing. Yes. Yeah.
0: So do you remember that excellent <laughs> chap, Lord Verminard? You know, maybe maybe that's how you used to put excellent.
1: Uh, what 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 can I say? I think I think you nailed it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But
0: I am I am very much looking forward to this. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm oh. gonna pick it up. I'm gonna read it. I'm gonna I'm probably gonna love it. I'm sure I will. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to you running a game. I'm certainly, what well, of, of this novel, that's going to be difficult. Well, not of
1: this novel, no. but like some Dragonlance games.
0: Maybe. Hmm. I mean, because you
1: really like Dragonlance. You know a lot about it. Yeah. Uh, and
0: yeah.
1: I, I want to play, hmm. so
0: there you go. That's one player. Yeah. I'll, <laughs> give that, I'll give that some thought. Yeah, true. So, yeah, I around, think the problem is, like, Dragonlance Ooh. very much is the War of the Lance for me. I yeah. don't know. We'll see. We'll see.
1: Now, well, well, I mean, if you wanted to do something else, I would have no idea. I'd be like, "Oh, yes, this seems perfectly comical to me," having no clue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Unless, unless you actually have like a ten-minute scene of racing and Caramon bickering away, <laughs> uh, a la legends, mm. then I'm like, "Nah." I, 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 it's like, "Sure, sure, this happens." Yeah.
0: Oh, <laughs> anyway, right, let's move on with some <laughs> other news. Yes. Se- Segway to the next.
1: <laughs> yes. Ana Oh, yes, yes. Oh, goodness, I meant to
0: have a look at that. Giants, Uh, giants, and more giants. So it's just giant player options. Oh, excellent. Um, interesting. Have they
1: bought out being large? Because it's nice to have them catch up with
0: me. That (laughs) is a a good question. I mean, I'll tell you what they have got. I haven't actually seen that. Hang on, I will look. I will find out. Why, Why am I trying to answer a question without looking? This is very unprofessional of me.
1: Well, I think we have a fine tradition of British amateurism to really
0: double down on. <laughs> okay, so the answer to your question is they have something called giant stature. Your reach increases by five feet. If you're smaller than large, you become large, along with anything you yeah. are wearing. If there isn't enough room for you to become large, your size doesn't change. So this is an ability to become okay. large. That's in the barbarian yeah. path of the giant. Okay. That's the barbarian kind of turns into a storm giant there, apparently. Mm, nice. Okay. So, basically, all they're saying is you, you become large and your reach increases by five feet. Is How that works. Okay. Uh, then we've got the Druid, Circle of the Primeval. Mm-hmm. And that is tapping into the time-worn memory of the Earth. You bond with the spirit of a primeval behemoth, a hulking creature that once ruled the ancient world alongside the giants. The most well-known primeval behemoths are dinosaurs, but there are others. Mm-hmm. I do like a good dinosaur. Mm-hmm. What's your favourite dinosaur, and why is Ooh. it Stegosaurus? I'm
1: I'm afraid, sir, you will find it is Ankylosaurus. I do
0: like a good Ankylosaurus. Yeah,
1: with, be- with a mace for a it, tail. It
0: yeah,
1: a, it's an armoured coffee table.
0: Yeah, yeah, but a lot of, uh, and and yeah, what can I say? They look like they'd be fun to ride. I am just very very glad that my dog doesn't have a mace for a tail. That would. The absolute con. Yes. That would not be good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, as to all? we also have the Runecrafter Wizard. to Wizard? A tradition originated with giant runecasters of old. Uh, okay. Okay. And uh, then we got a bunch of feats. A lot of, some of feats. We have Elemental Touched, Ember of the Fire Giant, Soul of the Storm Giant, Vigor of the Hill Giant, Outsized Might... Let's have a look through these and see if any of these make you into a size large creature. Let's have a look. Keenness of keenness of the Stone Giant. Outsized Might. Uh No, that's little but mighty. You gain proficiency in powerful builds. You count as one size larger. Stalwart. You have advantage on saving foes against being moved or not quite. So you're not actually large. You just have some strength that your normal nah. creatures would have. No, uh, there isn't really anything there that makes you a large-sized creature there, apart from that earlier thing, which temporarily makes you large and just increases Mm -hmm. your reach. Mm -hmm. In answer to your question. Yeah, fair enough. The question to ask, of course, is... These Unearthed Arcanas are less frequent now and they tend to herald upcoming products. Mm -hmm. They've got stuff like primeval stuff from the early world going on in this. They've got giants... I'm kind of wondering what they're doing with this. And there's been some speculation really? I've seen on my forums where people have been talking oh. about something called the First World that's being don't mentioned really? in a few books, which I haven't noticed myself, probably because I haven't got those oh. books. But apparently that's something that's being seeded into the lore occasionally in, some, in like Tasha's and other bits and places. Oh, okay. I don't know that much about it, but it sounds like maybe some kind of primeval world that might be a setting. I don't know.
1: At dungeons and dinosaurs, sort of jazz.
0: Maybe, thing. maybe, and giants and titans,
1: I, that sort of thing. I, I, I must say, the thing that catapulted me into Adventurers league was the first the season seven module, which was set in Chult, and mm. there was a uh, there was a dinosaur race um, around in the arena and a dinosaur cage fight. Mm. Which, if you cast your mind back quite some way to last year, you recall has me having shamelessly stolen it and <laughs> it inflicted it upon you. Because I thought it was loads of fun.
0: Yeah, it was fun. I will not deny this. Excellent. Okay, Goodman Games. Yes, we'll be reincarnating General Jackie's Caverns of Thracia. So this was a Judges Guild adventure from many, Um, many, many, many years ago. Nineteen seventy late. Nineteen seventy late as as the official date. Nineteen seventy late. Um, It was for the Judges Guild. And, um, it was kind of a a Greek themed dungeon with a Minotaur king. Nice. So, General Jackie's, um, I'm not 100% sure I'm pronouncing her name correctly, by the way, but, um, we're going to go with General Jackie's. I've never heard, I've never heard it said out loud. Um, also wrote Dark Tower for Judges Guild back then as well, which is a classic adventure, which is cited in sort of best D&D adventures of all time.
1: Oh, I've The Dark Tower, yeah, I think I've seen um a Kickstarter thing for that. I thought it was It's on that. Yeah so, yeah, so
0: no, no. So this the Dark Tower is on Kickstarter now. Again, yes. Goodman Games reviving this old Judges Guild adventure. That's on Kickstarter hmm. right now. Okay. Um so you can go in back there now and that, as I recall, is something like a sort of four level I I'm not super familiar with it, but I think it's like a, a four level dungeon and mm. a village. And it's okay. it's widely regarded as a classic. I've not played it myself. Return to Dark Tower, are yeah, you yeah. thinking? Uh, no, that's, that's, I think that's a different thing entirely as that's well. Some, yeah. That, that is something yeah. else. Yeah, that's something right, else. Okay. Again, yeah. there's a lot of things called Dark Tower, Peter. It's very confusing. It's like there's a lot yeah. of things called TSR. There's also a lot of things called Dark Tower. So, uh, uh. yeah. So anyway, we're talking Caverns of Thracia here, which is, which Goodman yeah. Games, as an update on that Dark Tower Kickstarter, announced that they will be reviving mm. that. At some point in the future. Mm. Anyway, that is the news. That is Dark news. Tower on Kickstarter like now. Caverns of Spacia yeah. are coming at some undisclosed point in the future. Oh, definitely in the future because it can't now. be in the past because that is impossible. It would be less news. It would be more old at that point. Yes, it would. Indeed. Historical record, yeah. if you will. Yeah. yeah. Sue, so, Sue, so, Paizo announced a whole bunch of stuff this week. Oh, did they? I got a bunch of press releases from Paizo. Okay. They dropped in my okay. inbox overnight on Wednesday night, like four mm. of them, four separate press releases. Nice. Uh, so, um the first one was Starfinder Drift Crisis. So, this is a year... That is a promising uh, sounding. Yes, this is a year-long meta event. Oh. Okay. It includes a hardcover sourcebook, a mm-hmm. pair of adventure paths, a bunch of accessories... Ooh. And the basic premise right. is the, um, FDL travel stopped working and God has gone silent. Something's gone awry with the universe. Yeah. And, yeah, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's, it's, oh. a, you know, it's a whole thing. Yeah. They're, they're doing a whole year of it. They're bringing out accessories, books, adventure parts, the whole, the whole works.
1: Yeah. Universe is clogged. Mm.
0: So, yeah. Here's, yeah. here's a plunger. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. They're also just out now is Knights of Last Wall. Oh, I think I was reading something about that.
1: Yeah, somebody really likes it because it's um, it's very character-based rather than
0: event-based. Well, This is a high-fantasy nightly source book. yeah, So it's a setting book for high-fantasy knights. It details an organisation and a bunch of character options, basically for people who want to play knights.
1: Of Lost Wall. Yeah. Which is presumably a place. Hmm. It it has a very you know happy places stop here you don't want to go that way mate
0: yeah it's got a Game of Thrones vibe going on there <laughs> so, yeah yeah yeah. It's, a, it, <laughs> yeah
1: it's it's full on Hadrian's Wall so mm. apologies to our Scottish sisters, yeah
0: so what else we've got we've also got Abomination Vaults which we've mentioned before is now out the Pathfinder mm. version uh, so yeah. that's a, got features a mega dungeon um it's a mm. sort of repackaging for Pathfinder two of a previous adventure path okay so there's a five e version of that coming later this year as we know. Which yes, yes interesting. which
1: I'm very very interested in. Mm. Um, I think the last mega dungeon I tried to run was Dead in Thay, mm-hmm. which has the Doom Vault, uh, but that wasn't quite quite what I'd hoped for. Mm. But yeah, it was it was it was entertaining. But
0: and finally, we've got Shadows at yeah. Sundown, also available now. It's an adventure, and it follows mm-hmm. on from the Pathfinder First Edition Adventure Path Curse of the Crimson Throne.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, if I knew what the Curse of the Crimson Throne was. Apart from being a Pathfinder first edition Adventure Path. I mean I to would be probably be a lot more excited. To
0: be fair, I think it's understandable that you wouldn't know because Pathfinder and Paizo have released a lot of adventure paths. They are pretty good for that sort yeah. of thing. Which which I appreciate. Yeah. I also got one other press release. Yeah. Now Paizo. Which I can't which I'm not allowed to tell you about. You're
1: not allowed to tell I'm me. I'm
0: not that. allowed to tell you about. Embargoed until Friday, May 27th at 11am Pacific Daylight Time. I've got no idea what time that is, but it's not now. It's prob- it's like late this evening, so I can't tell you about it till this evening, so they can wait till next week. So oh, that's what happens when you embargo press releases. So next on the news. Why would you embargo it? I don't like know. I literally time. don't know why people do that. It's ridiculous.
1: Yeah. Is, the, is the Chinese role-playing game market? So <laughs> <there's
0: a problem. laughs> but anyway, we'll, we'll tell you about it next week. If we yeah, remember right. to, because it'll have been a whole week since we received the embargoed press release. Uh,
1: I, I, I gotta say, that's, that's, that's not a strong <laughs> <same> point. <laughs> this is not a podcast defamed for its long memory. <laughs> what, are you, what are we
0: doing here? No, right, I've got some news I'm, I am excited about. Very excited about.
1: Oh, yeah. The yeah. news that
0: I am excited about is yeah. a new Kickstarter, which has just launched. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it is yeah. the Gotham City Chronicles. Kickstarter, well, the that Batman very RPG. Yes. Mm-hmm. So technically, it's not the Batman RPG Kickstarter. It's a Batman board game Kickstarter, and it's also got the RPG in it. Right? They packaging. So they're, they're doing. They've got a Kickstarter that's doing both, but basically, it's pretty much mm-hmm. the Batman board game Kickstarter. But also, you can pick up the board, the role playing game on it too. It's really. You don't for the industry. You don't have to get <laughs> the board game. Yeah, yeah, you can get the. Playing it does actually look pretty cool. There's a quick start on there with um, an adventure, basic rules, and a whole bunch of stats for some Gotham City characters. Yes, are pre gens that you can play, and they're famous ones like Alfred and um, I think was Nightwing. One of them, I can't remember who they were, but a bunch of not Batman himself, but some. Um, So the Kickstarter are are these miniatures that you can get. Uh, There'll be miniatures in the board
1: game. Hawkins, oh, front of well, 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 that sounds, that sounds like, like a good reason to buy for. both, yeah. <laughs> so
0: it's, it's, it's done It's done pretty much, uh, it's coming up on a million dollars already. Woo. It's a short yeah. one. It's only got two weeks to go. It's only, it was only like go. a 15, 16 day Kickstarter. It was a short one. Really? Yeah, and wow. it launched Perfect. this week. Um it's going, it's going to blast past a million dollars. It won't get into the million dollar Kickstarter club, though, because it's not a tabletop RPG Kickstarter. The no. board game skews yeah. that massively. But yeah. still, I'm going to be back in it. There is no way I'm not back in this. So these are the pledge levels. So for 55 yeah. euros, this is a French company, more Oh, fifty this, 55 <laughs> okay. euros, you, you get yeah. the RPG. Okay. And that's the uh, RPG core book and all stretch goals.
1: Okay. Uh, 55
0: euros to... So, so, is 40, 45, 46, 47,
1: yeah. So, for okay. the board game, 119 well, euros. Wait, wait, hang on, Russ. It, it's also, uh, 59 US dollars. Okay. Um, so, for the
0: board game, 119 dollars.
1: Okay. Euros, sorry. Oh, oh, oh! oh. One hundred
0: and nineteen euros. Now, would you like to see an interesting contrast between the RPG industry and the board gaming industry? Uh, One hundred twenty-seven dollars. Okay, yeah, so okay. Me if on. I tell you that mm. the board game pledged here has two thousand and eighty-four backers so far, okay, how many do you think the RPG pledge tier has? About
1: two hundred. One hundred and twenty-three. Oh, okay, so it's right order of magnitude. Yeah, <laughs> but <laughs> it goes
0: to show the difference yeah. between the board game and the RPG. Industry, basically, in orders of size and scale, and why this is a board game Kickstarter, not an RPG Kickstarter.
1: Uh, but, but we don't know that all the people backing at the board game level are people who are uninterested in the RPG. Well,
0: there is a combined one. Oh, okay. So, okay, a so actually, big, we do know. Big that. old pledge we for okay. two hundred and sixty-eight euros, yes. which just under a thousand people have backed. You've gone for everything. No. RPG board uh, game miniatures, a lot.
1: Right, right. So, in that thousand people, will be some yeah. people who are completists, mm-hmm. completionists, shall we say? Uh, but so, I think we really should add the two levels together, though. Mm-hmm. The two, the one hundred odd who are just backing the RPG only, and also the people who are like actually we want the RPG and the board game. Well,
0: in that case, you've got to add them to that to the other one as well. So you've got to add a thousand to both. Both of them.
1: Yeah, I, I'm I'm okay with that.
0: But anyway, it's still board came are way, way bigger yeah. doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. But I think maybe the difference is possibly less gigantic. Mm.
0: Yeah. Uh, anyway, so this game looks gorgeous. Mm-hmm. It is as I said, French company, Monolith. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. they're doing a French and they're doing an English language version of the game. Helpful. You play any character in the world, so you can play Batman, Catwoman, Two-Face, Poison Ivy, you know, all those lot yeah. you can play. You can play your own creations, you can play detectives, journalists, lawyers, gangsters, mm. crime fighters, supervillains, superpower-wielding prodigies, whatever you like. Mm. Yeah. So it's based on the D20 system, oh. but okay. a French version of that called Untailed, Untold Tales Modern so it's not exactly the T20 system. It's a spin-off. Yeah. Of, okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't really know what else to say. I'm going to back it. I've got to back this. It is the official Batman RPG. It looks amazing. It looks gorgeous. Nice, nice. Can't wait. So, If you're, if
1: you're a fan of Batman, then this is the
0: Kickstarter to get Yeah, in. and there's a quick start. Go to – go to. well, I'll stick, we'll stick mm-hmm. this in the show notes, but there is a quick start. Yeah. You can download. It's like a 30-odd page PDF with everything you need nice. to give it a well if you want to give it a try see if you like it. But it's only got it's only got two weeks to go. It's so. short. Mm, mm. So by the time you've heard this podcast, assuming you're listening
1: first thing on a Monday, mm. you know, yeah, yeah. less than two weeks. Yeah, yeah.
0: right. So um, that is Gotham City Chronicles. I, I am so excited about that. I'm going to get that. Yeah, this podcast is too expensive for me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, I knew we were losing money, but we weren't expecting to lose it all of the Kickstarter. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, it does look good, though. It does look good. I like it. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Okay, so there's been some D and D product delays. Oh, okay, um, so Journeys Through the Radiant Citadel has been oh, yeah, delayed yeah. by one month. Oh,
1: okay, so is that for the uh, rest of the world release or uh, everywhere? Is? It's been delayed from oh. June
0: twenty first to June the nineteenth due to production issues. So this isn't shipping; this is production. To
1: July nineteenth, you mean?
0: Yeah, yeah, June okay, to July, yeah, one month. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's digital and in stores. Mm-hmm. So physical and digital, July the 19th.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The campaign case terrain, which they've announced, hasn't really had as much fanfare as the rest of the stuff, but it's a thing that's coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, is It's delayed until August the 16th. Campaign case terrain? Yeah, they're bringing out um, a couple of things they're calling campaign cases, which is kind of like tabletop props. So one is terrain tiles, yeah. and they've got one yep. which is all creature tokens and stuff, which is campaign case creatures. Okay, and they come in these okay. sort of like briefcase-looking things. Uh, a case, in fact. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there, so campaign case train is a bit late. Campaign case creatures mm. is not, and spell jammer as of the time of this announcement is on effect. Right, right,
1: right,
0: okay. So hopefully that won't get delayed, mm. but at the moment everything is getting delayed. Mm. So yeah, we'll have to wait and see, I guess. Yes, but hopefully it won't be. Yeah. yeah. Right. What else have we got in the news? One bookshelf got yes. hacked this weekend, last weekend. Oh, I know. So no customer data was accessed. Yeah. Mm. Um, the problem's been patched, but mm-hmm. you may as well change your password anyway. But it doesn't, it doesn't mm. seem that that's, that's an issue. What happened yes. was, uh, on May the 20th in the afternoon, someone got mm. access to the site and man- was managing to change the prices of products and set them to free. Ah. Uh, so huh. DriveThruRPG got shut down while the thing was repaired. Yes. Uh, and for a few days, publishers themselves couldn't access or update their titles while that was being repaired. It's all fixed now. Yes. And, um, One Bookshelf, who obviously is the company that owns DriveThruRPG and all its sister sites, yeah. is checking the purchase information and any publisher that had their titles Set to free, messed around with. It messed around They've with. They're going to make yeah. restitution. They're going to, you know, okay, make sure they're 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 set right. So that that happened. Yeah. It seems yeah. like it was dealt with correctly and appropriately. And yes. it's all fine. Was there any
1: particular pattern
0: in that? Not that I'm aware of. No. Oh, okay. No. Just I don't think it affected any of my side. products, for example. No. To no. my knowledge. <laughs> my, my my I I, I <laughs> okay, didn't want budget. my stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah, I've, I've got like one
1: product there, so I don't think that went to free. <laughs> well, and, uh, I mean, most of my products are in fact free products that people can just download, hmm. which I'm fine with. That, that's what they're for.
0: Well, maybe, maybe they set them to have a
1: price. You say that, right? I was thinking, I don't remember setting my, like, feet sample products to be 99 cents, mm-hmm. but then it had a price. So I was like, mm. but yeah. Mm. Uh, it should be pay what you want yeah. because like think, think, I like to think pay what you want is a way to tip me yeah. if uh, people want to do that
0: of course uh, but, but basically speaking, you have it for free nobody nobody free. in the history of ever has ever paid more than zero when using pay what you want <laughs> <laughs> and this is a documented fact it has never it happened, happened. <laughs> well I mean they, they followed these structures it said pay what you want so I did I paid what I wanted. <laughs> Honestly, anything I've ever set to pay what you want, never made a penny yeah. from it. No,
1: so, I, I'm, I'm absolutely fine with that. Okay. Yeah. Like I said, I'm only putting stuff that I'm happy with people taking yeah. for free. And i say, if they want to give me some money, yeah, sure, why not?
0: Yeah. okay. Do you remember, it was either no. earlier this year or late last year, <laughs> when we talked about a bunch of RPGs that had managed to get nominated for Nebula Awards? Best game writing.
1: Oh, well, uh, yes, uh, my Twitter feed has exploded with the news of the winner. Mm.
0: Do you remember what the nominees the... were
1: though? I do not remember all the nominees except for the one that won.
0: So, the category generally tends to be video game writing, yes, but but sure. this this year it had four, which is a lot of yes. tabletop RPGs in there, and they were. Yep. Uh, mm. Coyote and Crow. Yes, of course. Yeah. Uh, Grandma's Hand. Mm-hmm. Thirsty Sword Lesbians. Yeah. And mm. Wander Home. And also the video game yeah. Wilder Myth. Wilder Myth. Wilder Oh, yes.
1: Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah.
0: So they were the nominees. And the winner, yeah. well, you, you apparently know, so.
1: Yeah, Thirsty Sword Lesbians. Yeah.
0: Yes. Vaunts to Victory. Yeah. Which
1: I got to say is the source of movie that is a source of movie title that I'd be like, Am I going to have to pay for this on my (laughs) hotel, (laughs) on my hotel TV?
0: (laughs) Well, fortunately, it's uh, not a movie. It's a role-playing game.
1: An excellent
0: role-playing game by all accounts. So So, so, I think, I think this is the first Nebula award that a tabletop role-playing game has ever won. Yes. Also, the only time a tabletop RPG has been even nominated Mm. was the same company, Evil Hat, with the Fate Accessibility Toolkit back in 2019. Right. So, Evil Hat clearly knows how to tap into that. Yeah. Let's
1: get onto the nebula. I mean, because I think people have to nominate you. I don't know how it works. And... No, no, no. Well, I'm going to say, Russ, it's going to be oh, we, we, we could
0: you. find out, quite easily. Yeah, yeah. But we won't. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Because We>, we... <laughs> 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 <laughs>
1: okay, then. Fine. Thus. <laughs> 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 Thus ends
0: abortively by a <laughs> campaign
1: to get the awfully cheerful engine into the nebulas.
0: Well, I was a bit late for that now. It's been out for a while. <laughs> That's true, yeah. um,
1: Also, um, there's... Well, I suppose you'll have to write something new then, won't you?
0: <sighs> <Yeah>. More writing. <laughs> also, there's <a> been <laughs> an expansion for it, uh, for oh. sort of Lesbians, not for the Nebula Awards, um, called Advanced oh. Lovers and Lesbians, which was released earlier this week. That's awesome. Yeah, and there's a review of that on my site by um, Rob Wayland. Mm. Anyway, <laughs> congratulations to Evil yes. Hat and Thirsty Sword Lesbians. Yeah, do we know who wrote it? Uh, written by a host, already accomplished designers in the tabletop space, including April Kit Walsh, Dominique Dickey, Whitney Delgado, Ray Nijardi, uh Jonea Kemper, and Alexis Sara. Nice. Well, well done to all of those writers. And and the others, because that says including. Yes. So I, I assume that means oh, more. Oh, there's more. Well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It takes a lot of people to write RPG books. Well, it depends how big the RPG book is, I suppose. I've written, well, I've, I, I, I've written some very small RPG books by myself. Oh, that's true. I, I, I'm writing a very small RPG book. It's taken me five people, so yeah. Mm. Are they all yeah. writing, now? Are they all... No. Yeah, no. so we're talking about writers specifically. You know, once you yeah. add in editors and layout artists and artists and all, the, all that stuff, then obviously the, yeah. the team grows larger. But the writers yeah. is, is that group of people. So 32 Lesbians requires at least three players, a GM and two players. Yeah. And it's based on re- relationships and a sometimes hilarious, sometimes tragic tension and heartbreak that accompanies them. And yeah. it works best when the players lean into melodrama uh, and, you know, you've got a lot of sort of, uh, role play bolstered by plenty of safety tools.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, it's like, uh, right. I'm, re- I'm still reading the same article here, this, uh, article. Um, Pompeii have- uses powered by the apocalypse style playbooks, uh, moves yeah. to tell spicy and often scandalous queer RPG stories featuring dangerous heroines crossing blades and sharing looks with their enemies. And often the Actually. same people who might become lovers.
1: Yeah. Uh, why not? Why not? Yeah. It's that, it's, 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 definitely the sort of thing that you wouldn't want to try and do in D&D. Because I don't even know where I would start. Hmm. <laughs> uh, and that speaking as someone who is like, oh, yes. Uh, I, I, I have, I have, I have a large crowbar here. How can I make this game do my mm-hmm. Uh I have no idea how I I'd mm-hmm. do it. So no, I mean, it's a really good, really good choice. Mm-hmm.
0: So, do you remember the disaster with the Dark Souls role-playing game? Um, How would you forget?
1: Only, only it's about two a.m. when I wake up in a cold sweat. <laughs> but thanks for us, yeah. Thanks for re-traumatizing me. Yeah. <laughs> so That's, we're, we're pouring one out for all our all our co-designers so, uh,
0: out there yeah. who are like just going, oh, why, <laughs> why? So, as a recap for those who yeah. didn't hear our podcast let we We're less um it. Basically, the print version went out before the PDF and was full of mistakes. Oh. No, we're not just talking yeah. typos here. We're talking unworking mm. rules, major, major mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just basic stuff, yeah. really. To it the extent was, was that the publisher, yeah. Games, had to issue an apology. I promise yep. to
1: replace all those books. We're going to say great expense. Yeah. There's no, there's no way they're going to get those books. Lucky,
0: luckily, yeah. it was only the UK shipments that had gone out.
1: Yeah. so at least that
0: limits the cost to an extent, but still they had to do that. so they've yeah. announced that the new PDF, the revised PDF, will be available at the end of the June, yeah so everyone will get that automatically. that's good uh u s customers who purchased a physical copy of the book will have a copy sent to them automatically this October, so that will just okay. be like yeah. uh, which they won't they won't they'll never have seen the the dodgy copy. Yeah. uh those who purchased um a, a, a dodgy copy should return the book to the retailer. Mm.
1: Uh,
0: Now there's something here where it says something about third party retailers and valued retail partners. I'm not sure what the difference between those two things are. (laughs) Um, There is an online form to process the replacements though. So as I understand you're a
1: third party retailer. Yeah. And
0: you you're a valued friend. Yeah, I not one (laughs) of the um, it, it looks like they're, they're still moving ahead with it, though. So, um, there's, you can now mm-hmm. pre-order a bunch of miniatures,
1: mm-hmm.
0: unpainted plastic miniatures. Um, uh, they come with cards with 5e stats. Yeah. Talking of Dark Souls miniatures, talking of miniatures. We can move on to some yeah. other D and D related uh, miniature stroke toys because we, you can get Ooh. a foot high sculpture yep. of Vecna. What, the whole Vecna? The whole Vecna. Well, without oh. one eye and without one hand, obviously. Okay. Most of Vecna. <laughs> Vecna,
1: some assembly required. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry.
0: Nine tenths of Vecna. Oh, <laughs> well, it's more than that. I mean, surely. <laughs> also, there's a, a Beholder Collector's Box coming from WizKits, which has three Beholders oh. you can buy. forty nine ninety nine. Three beholders. Three different beholders. Um,
1: well, I'm, perhaps you'll get
0: some beauty with it. Yeah, I mean, let's have a look at these beholders. Good. We've got a greenish one, yeah. we've got a silverish, whitish one, and we've got yeah. a bluish one. Oh, well, which do you think is the most pretty? I quite like the silver, whitey one. Oh, there you go.
1: Uh, the silvery-whitey one, that's where Beauty is in the Eye of the bowl. Yeah,
0: I think they're the same... Are they the same miniature, but... Different colours? I think they might I, I be, I imagine it's Yeah, so, yeah uh, I think I mean, they are. It's, it's a floating blob with eyes. Yeah. It's <laughs> going to be pretty same. Yeah, yeah, fair. Yeah, yeah I think yeah. they are. Um, also, um, Dungeons & Dragons action figures for Grimsword and Warduke. Seven-inch action figures. Mm. So they're going to hit retail oh, yeah. this year. Yes. Forty two ninety nine each, as right. is a, huh, a a plushy mat for forty two ninety nine. Sixteen inches, Ooh. cuddly toy, bendable heads Ooh. and wings. Yeah, I won't be buying. That. I'm filling a pre- I'm filling
1: a present <laughs> for my young nephew coming
0: on. Who wouldn't love a five headed dragon? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll give that a skip. I think. <laughs> Uh, we launched a Kickstarter this week. Sickness and health, new diseases for your five E game. Launched and on Tuesday. It ends in ten days. It's just about to hit eight thousand pounds, and it's got a whole bunch of diseases for your five E game plus two adventures.
1: I I must say it has been really interesting because even though I know it's jazz and I'm like it will generally be entertaining, I'm like. Do I want
0: to hear about Wormpox? Do you want to hear about Wormpox? No. No, I do not. Mm -hmm. Sorry. (laughs) Do you want to hear about Spectral Thoughtworms? No. Fae Fae Longings? Uh, Maybe. Better? Maybe. Yeah,
1: that that, that is better. That's less like actual monkeypox. What about Fungal Bums? No. Mm -hmm. That's a
0: disease disease that can only be (laughs) cured by Dragonfire. Oh, right, right, right. (laughs)
1: Um... Goodness, I was thinking you're going to need like
0: a really big can of athletes or something. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so that that is our, and your Kickstarter, update us on your Kickstarter. When does it end? Well, it
1: ends in 13 days on the 9th of June, and it's currently on uh $6,173 with, oh, it's just gone up, $6,183 with 307 backers.
0: Excellent. So... Yeah, it's, and that, can't, can't quite to remind everyone, is how to build feats out of points. Yes, you can build feats or out Lego. of points. How to build feats out of Lego. And
1: turning D&D into Lego is the thing that I have found I do, yes. because why not? Yeah. And also, it comes with some pre-assembled feats, uh, over 30 of them, which will slot seamlessly into your D&D or A5E. When you
0: finish turning everything in D&D into a point-based system, you could rename it and call it something like a, a generic, universal role-playing system or something.
1: Nah, <laughs> uh, I'm... I'm I, I, I just thought I'd do the stuff that people generally were complaining about. it being hard to customise because um, I get tired of reading the same, 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 same arguments on the internet about how to do this or people just asking for the same questions. I'm like, I just wanted to basically say, look, oh, well, th- here's your question. Here's your answer. Let's talk of some other things. Okay. Enjoy. Enjoy. So I don't really feel a lot need to do the rest of it, but I am looking forward to
0: my... Next book, which I have going on in my head. <laughs> right. Sorry. I think we now have finished the news. Hey, so are there any Kickstarters that have caught your eye this week? I've got one here that you'll I, love. I saw one on itch, actually.
1: Did I say about Neverfim's End?
0: Yes. You mentioned
1: it last week. Yeah. I, I did. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, I can't that, keep that using thing, that one. Clicking on. I, I, I can't keep using that one. Do you, do you have Egg Embry's amazing column? I
0: have. So the first one on this, you know how you love games that have yes. something prefixed, uh, something suffixed by the word punk. Gratuitous use the word, gratuitous use the suffix. Yes. Punk. Strong, this, this one's blood punk. Punk. blood punk. Blood. Blood. Is it vampires? Uh, Victorian setting and dark yep. adventure in this world. Yep. Blood powers, blood powers trains, zeppelins, weapons and factories. as cyberpunk and steampunk is made into blood punk.
1: Fair enough. What's that? Ooh, well. yeah, 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 yeah. Kicking ass, taking yeah.
0: yeah, So the one that I thought was going to do a million, which I now don't think is going to make it, or is definitely not going to make it, is Aurora: Age of Desolation from Ghostfire Gaming. Unless they, they have are, some kind yeah. of marketing trick to pull off partway through the campaign, it's done. It's still mm. very, very well. It's done three hundred thousand. It's Ooh. got three weeks to go. I did think this being a Ghostfire one would do a million. But this is kind mm. of a new campaign setting. In an age of desolation, when time, when natural and magical environmental catastrophes endanger the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, do we-
1: I, I, the first thing that's caught my eye, I've got to say, and the thing that's making me scroll down, 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 mm. down, down, is that absolutely flipping enormous dragon mini. Um, because, like I say, uh, I, I, I have a trifle. A crippling addiction to tiny bits of plastic. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and this is actually a really big bit of plastic. Also $110. Good mm-hmm. lord. How big is it? I gotta say, I'm I'm not entirely sure. It looks like it's, uh, Ooh. that's gotta be at least 12 inches, 12 inches yeah. in height. So this is this. And probably about 18, two foot wide. So this is why, why I thought
0: Ghostfire would do a million because they. Do a lot of accessories with their stuff. They include minis, yep. big minis. They include card decks and pins, and you know they they've mastered yep. the whole merchandising side of it. So yeah, that's yeah. why I thought this would do a million.
1: It's over twelve inches tall and over fifteen inches mm. wide, according to what they're saying here. So yeah, that's a that that is a big chunky boy of a thing. Yeah, yeah, huh.
0: yeah, yeah. So th- this this looks quite interesting. A good book for bad GMs. A book of GM inspiration. <laughs> Oh, nice. Um, if you would like GM advice from Jim Pinto, a gamer, creator, and publisher with 40 years of experience in the industry. Okay. 100 pages. Uh, Just about GM right. advice. Mm, that's, not that's nice. Yeah. yeah. Uh, do, you, do you know Jim? Nope. Okay. Yeah, well, fair enough. <laughs> I know of Jim. I don't know Jim. Fair
1: enough. Yeah. So, 23,000 dollars. Mm. Nice. That is some good work. Yeah. Well done.
0: Yeah. But is there anything there that catches your eye? I'm quite interested by
1: Charcon, which is right at the bottom there, July 15th to 17th. Mm-hmm. It's Charleston, West Virginia. It's a West, the West Virginian game, of, the, ay, ay, ay. I mm-hmm. need camera. Charcon 2022, the West Virginia gaming convention. Mm-hmm. And they appear to be running, uh, a Kickstarter and they've successfully funded to do what? Get it going? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah. So. That uh it's just like it all strikes me as being a bit strange to have um the the, the the conventions and stuff be kicks off. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah yeah, mm. why not? Why not? Right, yeah. okay. Did you see Household from two L M tell me all about Household. Uh let's see, it uses the fortune system, but in this game you play as littlings. Fairies, bogots, slow hours, and sprites. Uh you live in a large abandoned Regency era mansion and have to coexist and uh, contend with the estate's history uh, in terms of the whole world. And that's like, that's actually, that's quite cool. I think that would be fun. It, it feels like you'll play like little factions, mm. um, occupying various pots of things. And I, I do like the idea of like little tiny people living in their house and squabbling over it. Uh, but I was a big fan of Terry Pratchett's Truckers, Diggers and Wings, mm. uh, the carpet people, uh, maybe even the borrowers. The Turns borrowers. out that is my jam. The borrowers get in. Hmm.
0: Welcome, recruits, to the Advanced Flying Tactics Program. You are among the best Eagle, Griffin, Pegasus and Dragon Riders in the Nine Kingdoms, but you have much to learn. I can't believe we're here at Top Wing. Only the best of the best make it here. Here you will learn the lost art of aerial combat. The enemy fields blue and red dragons. They are bigger and stronger and more powerful than your bronze and copper steeds. But what they don't have is you. Uh, Wait, what? If you graduate from this six-week course, you will be ready to defend the realm against the fearsome dragon armies.
1: Hang on, hang on.
0: Uh, permission to speak, sir? What is it, Reclute? Did you say
1: red and blue dragons, sir? That is correct, Reclute. Whilst we have bronze and copper dragons, sir.
0: Again, correct, Reclute. While I would like to dwell further on your excellent listening skills, we have work to do. But, sir, an adult copper dragon is challenge rating 14. The red dragon has a rating of 17. As I said, recruit, the enemy has the technological edge. That's where this advanced training program comes in. Your mounts are faster and more manoeuvrable than the enemy. We will leverage that to our advantage. Why don't we have silver or gold dragons, sir? That would even yod a bit. Ah, those particular breeds are too individualistic in nature for mass combat. Uh, But we do have one other advantage. A weapon which the enemy will not have encountered before. Oh, please, please, please be an elvish heat-seeking air-to-air firebolt. We will be wielding the latest in anti-dragon technology. Forged from dragon metal, using the silver arm of Ergoth and the hammer of Karas, these weapons can strike down an enemy dragon with a single hit.
1: I'm liking the sound of this. Some kind of magical targeted ranged weapon, I reckon. Like a magic missile. But bigger! We'll take out those evil reds and blues before they even see us.
0: Let me introduce to you the dragon lance. It's a lance. The dragon lance is the most powerful tool we have. To combat the draconic hordes. It's it's not one of those
1: long range mithril guided harpoons from Souljammer.
0: No. One well timed strike to the heart by a skilled dragon rider will bring down even the mightiest red dragon.
1: Not not a dragon mounted adamantine ballista. These
0: precious weapons are a gift to us from the gods themselves. It it's just a lance. Do you have something to say, Recruit? Sir you expect
1: us to fly our wagons into the enemy ranks in the hope that we can whack one of them with a pointy stick? Magical pointy stick, recruit. Whilst they tear at us with fangs and claws and fiery breath hot enough to melt steel?
0: These lances are blessed by Paladine himself, recruit. They are no ordinary pointy sticks. But, but
1: nevertheless, fundamentally, they are at their very core pointy sticks. Well,
0: well, yes, I suppose so.
1: And, and not As we had hoped, gnomish long-range magic missile launchers. I am sensing a disturbing lack of faith, recruit. Lack of faith? Too bloody right you do. I'm not going up against a
0: red dragon with a pointy stick, blessing or no blessing. These holy weapons will be forged using the ancient techniques of the Thirteenth Dragon War. Which we lost.
1: Look, I don't care if they're personally made by the Elder Gods themselves, they're still
0: just pointy sticks. Pointy sticks? Backed up by our Advanced dragon fighting Tactics Program.
1: Flying at a red dragon with a pointy stick is not advanced tactics. It's bleeding suicide. Really, who came up with this ridiculous idea? Well, that would be Paladine, God of Good, the Platinum Dragon. A Platinum Dragon. That's what we need, not a pointy stick. Why doesn't this,
0: um... Uh, Paladine. Ba- Paladine, why doesn't he help out? He says he's not allowed. Not allowed? Yep, that's what he says. Forbidden to interfere, apparently. He's
1: not allowed to help out. So instead... We have to wave 26 at giant fire dragons. And that's about the size of it, yep. How convenient. What if
0: I just say I'm not allowed? Hmm. Well, I'd have to consult the regulations, but I'm pretty sure that's valid.
1: Well, if it's valid for this paladine chap, it's valid for me.
0: I can't fight your logic there, recruit. You're free to go. Hey, so Peter, I was uh, I was walking down the road the other day and uh, I saw this bunch of really cool, good-looking people. Cool, good-lucky. That could only be our patrons. Yep. Man, I have never seen such a well-informed debonair bunch in all my life. Yeah, right. You know, why is that? I don't know. You tell me.
1: Well, if I was forced to speculate, I guess it's because they listen to our top-secret, super-exclusive bonus episode every week. Bonus episode? What? Yeah. Each week, our patrons get an extra half hour or even more of extra content that nobody else gets to hear. Oh,
0: wow. That's amazing. Where can they find this?
1: Oh, it's pretty simple. You just head over to patreon.com slash morris and pledge a monthly donation. Anything from a dollar to whatever you think we're worth.
0: I did a a scientific calculation once just to see how much we're worth. Oh, yeah. How much? Uh, You probably don't want to know probably for the best anyway if you enjoy our podcast please head on over to patreon.com slash morris and you know just pledge a little that's patreon.com slash morris
1: and thank you so much for your support we couldn't do this without you
0: i reckon we could Shh. okay topic of the week what shall we talk about this week
1: well, something that I've been thinking about quite a bit is the process of onboarding people into playing your role-playing game. Onboarding people? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, so when you're playing a computer game, yes. which I'm going to assume a certain amount of familiarity with the, of many of our listeners. Yeah, I'm many, very
0: familiar with the Pong and the... the <laughs> and the Donkey Kong. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And occasionally the... Tetrus.
1: <laughs> <laughs> to give it its correct, more Russian pronunciation. <laughs> so yeah, so so video games. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah.
1: They they often have the more complicated ones often have a tutorial associated, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. Which, Which always bores the hell out of me. That's, yeah, yeah. they are actually. what mm. like I was saying, I, mean, I know this is video games, not role playing games. Mm. They are possibly one thing that is going to stop me playing a video game. Going mm. through a really tedious, boring tutorial with long cut sequences. Mm. Whereas the first thing I should do in my game, when yeah. I start playing a video game, it should make it very, very easy for me to immediately do something that makes me feel awesome. Not crawl yeah. under some barbed wire yeah. for 20 minutes. Not, you know, all that. Yeah. Make me feel awesome right from the yeah. start. Make me blow something up with an awesome shot right from the start. Yeah. You know, so linking that to tabletop RPGs, make me feel awesome okay. from the start. Yeah. That, that made sounds that my good. Make my first experience to be, wow, okay, that was fun. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, we, so we know what we're looking for. We're looking for an experience of tabletop RPGs where the first thing you do is say, oh, that was amazing. Mm. And I have to say, right, and as someone who, like, let, let's be honest here, I'm a massive geek and it's well known that I love RPGs. Mm. There is a lot of paperwork. What do
0: you mean it's well known that you love RPGs? You've <laughs> never given any such thing in your entire life? Oh, Russ, Russ, Russ. I, I think you'll find the signs. <laughs> I've known you for Russell's years. were there.
1: <laughs> But yeah, so, but, but you, you, you would agree that, I mean, maybe that's part of the appeal of story games, which Mm. is that it is very easy to give someone an awesome experience because you're jumping straight into the, uh, the let's pretend aspect of it.
0: Yeah. Oh, well, there's less barriers to doing the awesome in-story game, isn't there? Someone says, I want to do this awesome thing. The GM or whatever it's called in that game goes, yeah, okay, you've done that awesome thing. Yeah. Whereas in some other games, it will be, I want to do this awesome thing, and then you make a bunch of roles, and the GM says, oh, you failed to do that awesome thing. Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah, I think, A, there's got to be challenge for Mm. me. Mm, mm, So, I I like having the roles there. But on the onboarding process, you kind of want to minimize that as much as possible so that the awesomeness shows through. To
1: to grip yeah, yeah. somebody absolutely. I mean, for instance, if I'm running one shots or if I if I'm starting new campaigns, one well, of my favourite devices is immediate res, which means you start in the middle of the action.
0: Yeah. So one great example, yes. James Bond films, yes. open with James Bond doing something awesome. Every single one of them does something yeah. really spectacular and awesome. Um, before before the main plot starts they, they, they have him do his pre-credit stunt whatever mm. it is puts yes. you in the in the mood for it and and it's before you know later in the film he'll have obstacles and things will go worse for him and badly for him, mm-hmm. but at that point of the thing it doesn't it's awesome yeah and you yeah. know it's gonna be and that's that's the kind of hook and i kind of feel mm. that could translate to a tabletop RPG the first scene mm. Maybe just let you mow down a bunch of rooks or something with very little danger to yourselves and be awesome. Or you know, a million different things it could yeah. be, but Well, it it
1: all depends upon the emotional experience that you wish to evoke. Mm. And certainly like for a lot of the games I enjoy playing, action RPGs sort of thing mm. or get or which have actions that face strong the thing, then yeah, that would be a good way to get into it. But then there's also the if you have a more complicated rule set, how do you implement this? Mm. You want people to fit, you're, you're right, you want people to feel awesome from the word goes.
0: So if it's a more complicated set, make it a very easy situation. I guess, yeah. Um, don't or, don't yeah. say this is a really easy situation, mm. you know, fluff it up, but make yeah. it an easy situation that the PCs are definitely going to succeed mm. at and and feel awesome doing so. That's mm. what I would say. Yeah.
1: But I guess what then occurs to me is that's not really the first step of an RPG. What's the first step? The first step of an RPG is even before you play it's the character creation.
0: Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I that agree. has,
1: that I would say, right. And this is, I'm going to sound like a complete, uh, idiot here is, uh, yeah, character creation should be fun.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. So basically you got, for me, yeah. given, for example, the gaming group that I've been with yes. for years, if I would play a new game, right. I would feel perfectly Comfortable just saying, Hey, here's the rulebook. Go mm. away. Bring me some characters next week. And yeah. I know that those players, being players that have been playing for ages, like that. They're fine with that. Mm-hmm. They are the sort of players that will happily take the mm. rulebook home, digest it, make up a character. Yeah. And that'll be fine for them. Yeah. That's not for everyone. No, no, no. Definitely not for everyone. So oh, it definitely yeah. depends on your audience, doesn't it? So it depends on who you're playing with. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, pre-gens is. One way pre, around pre, that. Pre,
1: yeah, but I mean, then you're choosing a pregen, and you're hoping that the pre-gen All is right. awesome.
0: What about a half a pre-gen then? So you ask mm. the players what they want in a character, then you yeah. make that character for them. It's another way to do it. It's extra work for you, but it's a way to do it. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, actually, I was thinking about how I would go...
0: character to creation
1: itself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I was thinking a lot about... um. How to showcase Advanced Fifth Edition because that's what that's what I was trying to do, but I've run out of time because what I wanted to do was highlight the good bits and how it is different. Mm. And I was thinking, essentially, uh, because as you know, I love turning D and D into Lego. Uh, essentially, having sort of um, the heritage and gift because we can mix heritages and have that as being sort of a a card selection game. So you're sort of putting together your character from pre-assembled bits so you could like say well i quite like the elf but rather than have an elf and choose the gifts like the base of the elf, the base heritage and the gift you only, could say if
0: only we had such a thing in development oh fantastic <laughs> okay uh, depending on how well the uh, maneuvers cards go, yes that is uh that's on the list to do hmm. But yeah, I, I, I've always, oh yeah, I like that idea. And then you could just, yeah. you could, you could say, wait, just pick a card from that pile, a pile from that pile, yeah. card from that, pile, and that's yes. your character. I think that would be a lot of fun. So one, one of the fun things about this is it's kind of a disguised life path system. Mm-hmm. And you know how much I like life path systems. Yes, it is a disguised life path system. It's not called a life path system, and it doesn't really set itself as one. But no. if you think about it, it is. Yeah, so yeah. you've got in Advanced Fifth Edition, you've got mm. your heritage, that's how yes. you were born. And yeah. Your culture, and how you grow up, then yeah. your background, which is basically the job you took, and then your class, which is how you start adventuring. It's yeah. not. It's a little life path. Yeah, life yeah, life, yeah no, absolutely.
1: It's. Uh, I mean, my experience. I didn't label it as a life path. Mm. I'm coming at it more from a book point of view, mm. and to me, it's like actually this is really good. This is like a narrative arrow, because mm. if I'm making a character in like basic D and D. It's sort of like a two, it's almost inherently two-dimensional, and that's why backstories are very popular, because the backstories give you, like, the backstory, and that gives you an idea about where the character's heading, whereas Mm. the destiny is the pointy end, the heritage is the back end, and Mm. then the background and class are sort of the shaft of the arrow, and that lets you know, with a lot of accuracy, where the character's heading.
0: That it's a hell of a metaphor, but yeah,
1: I get it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I say, it's like that—that that sort of when that clicked in my head—that mm. that's what it was for. I was like, "Oh, this is great!" Because then,
0: all right, then. but take it right. So let's think, trying to think a game that we're both vaguely familiar with, so oh. we're able to talk about. Yes, and imagine we're introducing it to brand new players.
1: Yes, and do you do want it to be a, a light one or? A... Well, I think it's probably going to be a lot easier to make people feel awesome. Uh, If they are like the awfully cheerful engine Mm -hmm. that I, the character creation of that is very quick Mm -hmm. and very punchy. uh, And you could even do it by rolling dice. I think that's actually part of the reason why rolling dice is very popular. It's, it's like you're, 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 you're doing things which are actually like you don't, there's an air of mystery and gambling and just sort of a A character
0: creation minigame. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, but I mean, saying use a, use a uh, simple system is kind of a cop out there because what we're really yes. saying is it's, it's already easy to do with a simple system. Oh, yeah. How do that, you do it with a more complex system is, 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 is the challenge.
1: Well, well, that, that is, that is the goal to which we are yeah. trying to aspire. Yeah. We want, basically, we want people to be like essentially having fun from when they sit down. Because mm. I don't know about you, but one of the major things Sorry. that puts me off... Sorry, step back? Robbie would be having yeah, fun. Yes, I hear it's very oh. popular nowadays. Oh. oh. Ooh, that's nice. I know, right? I, I, I enjoy I the game? How about enjoy the game from the moment you sit down, as opposed to starting the paperwork, which promises that by the time you have finished the paperwork, you will be having fun at some point, mm. probably in the next week oh, because or so. Of some
0: people very much enjoy character building. It's
1: a, it, that is fun for them. I, so I, I, I'm, I have a lot of time spent helping people optimize their fun for their characters. Mm. 100%. It's a lot of fun for me, but, but it's not for everybody. Yeah. It's not for everyone. And even I find it a bit dry and sometimes quite frankly, a bit tedious. Mm. So having
0: a way to just
1: make it fun from All the right, get go. An
0: online web app. Well, a D and D Beyond character equation. The sim- you know, the simple yeah. version they've got. Yeah. There. What about that?
1: Um, I don't actually know the simple version. To be honest, uh, what's that? Is it randomised or something?
0: Yeah. Well, no. You you just choose a few broad choices, and mm. it does the rest for you, rather than going through doing all the niggly details. It kind of guides you through, just like a wizard. Uh, okay. Yeah. Not an actual wizard. No, no, like a computer wizard. <laughs> yeah. But not a computer wizard. All. Not <laughs> a computer wizard. That's something else very good opera. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like
1: a, uh, like a setup guide. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. I always think, I think, a, I always think a wizard is a good way to do it. I, I kind of like the idea. Mm. I've always liked the idea of a character creation system. Yes. Yeah. And I'd love to get this going sometime where it is basically a web app and it just asks you a bunch of questions. Mm-hmm. And basically you are doing the same stuff, but it's presenting it to you differently. Mm-hmm. So rather than it, you know, I'm trying to think of an big, example. Big, well, well, for example, would you, like, would you like to
1: focus? If you don't know the difference between a rogue and a ranger, like because mm-hmm. like you are coming into the D and D sphere from, out yeah. Syria. So
0: d- the question would be, do you want to sneak around, or do you want to be a master of the wilderness? Would be the question, or something yeah, like
1: that. That sort of differentiation, like yeah. a, a flow chart is what we're getting. Yeah, to that
0: for. narrows things down for you, sort of thing. And, and then mm. if if somehow you get the entire character built like that, yes. Yeah. Like, the computer's not making any decisions for you. It's just no. presenting the, the decision points as yeah. interesting questions. Mm-mm-mm.
1: The things that you enjoy. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think that could be, I mean, I mean, that is an
0: efficient way to make characters. Yeah. But then again, but because it, it disguises, also because it disguises the numbers. Yes. Some people who like the fine tuning and control of their character wouldn't like that because they're not yeah. making, they're not making a dis, Specific decisions, are they?
1: No, there? but I, I guess it's like, um, it, it, it depends what you're doing. Because, I mean, we have switched around to think about how to do it for D&D. Mm. Uh, what's about
0: Call of Cthulhu, say?
1: Right. Yeah. So, for that, we'd have to... I'm re- trying to
0: remember how Call of Cthulhu character creation works. It's been a while, eh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what I know is there's 30 trillion skills and you have a percentage score in each. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so, like, yeah, without
1: being mean to Call of Cthulhu specifically... But yeah, it's it's a fairly complicated and involved process and there's a lot of dice rolling, which is fun. But
0: it's what about one. Mm. So, character creation is a little choose your own adventure. Okay, and yeah. at each point you get a little narrative bit. Mm-hmm. So so and then a decision point, mm-hmm. which affects your character in some way. Mm-hmm. You're making a decision about your character at each decision point. But mm-hmm. it's narratively disguised as a choose your own adventure. And you end up making okay, okay. all the choices of making up your character while mm. working through a short one-person okay, adventure. Okay,
1: yeah. Um, when you're saying that, mm. bizarrely, this reminds me of Dungeon Crawl Classic's funnel approach. Yeah. You have the, z- the zero-level characters, mm. and they go through a funnel mm. of some sort of terrible doom that's happening to them. Yeah. And then the ones that survive are ones you can pick from.
0: Yeah. So, mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that, yeah. I mean, my my one, you'd have to write so many different little adventures, though, because every time you played a character, you didn't want to go through the same exact adventure to create your character. Well, would yes, you? there's
1: that, and also that I feel—and tell me if I'm wrong—maybe assumes that you're using a class-based system. If you're doing something like GURPS, say, mm-hmm. then you wouldn't have that class-based system. It would be all single points and so forth that you're trying to choose.
0: Mm. I, I don't know how character creation in GURPS works, so I, I can't, um, can't quite make the comparison. But I'm sure you could still put decision points
1: in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There. okay, yeah. So we'll, we'll stick with the choose your own adventure thing. So yeah, um, but that that is is a lot of work. Yes, and it is. So okay, so that and that gives you a certain amount of narrative fun. Is that fair? Yeah. I mean, a, a lot of, a lot of books I've seen they've got uh, randomized character creation. Mm. Maybe that's an attempt to make character creation fun.
0: Well, as in everything is randomised.
1: Yes, yes. I, I mean, I'll tell you what. You probably had your eyes just skip straight off, because I know mine have. It's only like when I was like looking at it and going through a very careful step by step process. But Dark Heresy, for example, Mm. the uh, I refer to the Fantasy Flight version rather than uh, anything newer that Mm -hmm. had the option where every single choice you made was random. Uh, Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay definitely does that. Like uh, your choice of your base, like species, is random. Your careers are random. Your stats are random. Yeah.
0: Well, I did that with accidental, anthrop- accidentally anthropomorphic animal heroes. That mm-hmm. uh, you everything was random, which yeah, I thought yeah. was kind of fun. But those games have done that. Like I remember Golden Heroes, where the superhero superpowers you got were roll you rolled d one hundred. You didn't yeah, choose yeah. your superpowers; you roll for
1: it. Or... Yeah, uh, I feel that's maybe sort of a. Precursor mm. to an attempt to make the user experience of sitting down and starting the role playing game fun, but mm. it sort of got lost and a desire to have a conscious design process.
0: Yeah. Comes well, then you look at the life path system of Traveller where creating your character is a mini game in which you can die. Mm-hmm. You know, that is definitely an attempt. To do yeah, that. yeah.
1: So that's sort of like taking the choose your own adventure sort of thing. So it's, people have yeah, looked yeah. at it. But I, I guess my question is, have people actually sat down and said specifically, I am going to design a way to make character creation fun?
0: I bet a million people have, yeah. I don't know who, who succeeded or not, but yeah. I bet you that has happened a million times over the last couple yeah, yeah. years. And people are kind uh, that. Yeah. And you come up with all these different character creation methods, mm. whether anyone's kind of... I, I guess Life Path Systems did kind of revolutionise... Things from the yeah. standard that was the D and D style system before. Mm-hmm. It was very. It's a very, very different way of doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I so, mean, so
1: D and D standard before that was what like roll forty six, keep the, uh, get rid of the lowest one. I said the
0: back then in the seventies, it would have been roll three d six each in order. Probably.
1: But, no no, that's not, that, that's actually not tr- not the case. Is
0: it not? In the 70- no,
1: in the I I, I was uh has, has, you know, a bit of, a bit of a geek about these things. And, um, certainly one of the copies of some, someone actually went to the trouble of screenshotting and getting like a picture of the character creation rules. Mm. And actually 4d6 drop the lowest has been part of the DND DNA, uh, from the very get go. Oh, okay. I mean, fair enough. Nothing wrong with 3d6 in order, but that I feel does not suit the modern game. That's mm. very much an OSR-style mm. thing, mm. where characters are very, very quick to make because they are ultimately disposable. Mm. So, yeah. And that's the thing. I'd I say you want this game to be fun from the moment you sit down. People are like, and so I guess bright colours. <laughs> brightly colours, pieces of cardboard, yeah. actually yeah. sounds pretty strong to me. Yeah.
0: I know. I, no, I do think some kind of mini-game for character creation is kind yeah. of the key there. And I think yeah. Traveller hit on it a bit there, and I think other mm. games have hit on it. I think that is the key. And if it's a group activity, right? Yes. Rather well, than each person what? going... Rather yeah, than each person oh. going... Yeah, because basically, character creation, oh. if you've got a group of people there making up their characters, they're basically all doing it on their own and occasionally asking each other questions on, how do you do that? Or can you pass that book to me? Or yeah, whatever. Yeah. It's not a group activity. It's a bunch no. of people, people in the same working room. working
1: individually. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh. So if you could somehow make it, A, a mini game and B, oh. a group activity. Yes. I reckon that will be fun. I don't know I, how you do that though, but that no, no. I
1: think is. Well, well the we, key. we have literally never started thinking about it before today. Mm. It seems unreasonable to expect to be like, oh yes, yes, of course. We just I am, am
0: <laughs> going to be thinking about that now. Though. Yeah, Group but, activity mini game, which which is basically counter creation.
1: Yeah, mm. and 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 it's also the session zero. Yeah, so back, everyone's
0: kind of on the yeah, same, yeah, page. Yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 that is, yeah. Oh god, how would you do that? Oh, I was going to be mulling that over now yeah, for yeah. weeks. Like, um, I think it's,
1: I think it's something worthwhile to think about because yeah. I, I think
0: that is there's, there's a lot of ways to take the pain well, tell you what out. One thing we did right, so yeah. there's an adventure we did for What's Old Is New, written by Ryan Knock, oh, yeah. and it had characters wake up out of hypersleep. Mm -hmm. after the ship woke them up Mm -hmm. um, in an emergency. But they had none of their memories. The characters had none of their memories.
1: The amnesia start, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But as you gained your memories, basically you were creating your character. And Mm. what the adventure Mm. did, so you started off with this almost blank template of a character. Then Mm. at the first challenge that they came across, it's kind of like, like, which one of you knows how to pick this lock? And Mm. then they said, oh, I do. And they said, right, mark down, that person, mark down that they've got this. And basically, you go through the adventure, and at Mm. different stages in the adventure, you would get like different facets of your character would basically come online. Mm. And and basically, you choose that thing at that time rather than before Uh, the adventure. So so we have actually done Mm. that. It's just a question of generalizing it, because that was very specific to one adventure. Mm. Mm. It's a question of generalizing that. That's the key to doing it. That, yeah. I mean, you don't. You, the only thing with that is you can't have people starting off with amnesia every single time. No, because that, that sounds rubbish to me. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. can't be honest. Yeah. I mean,
1: maybe it could be a fun starter adventure, mm. or an onboarding uh, sequence, and and that's that's for the players. But again, there is still this requirement, as you said right at the start, of how would you run an adventure? I'd read the book first
0: i tell you what, though, that doesn't yeah. have to be amnesia. All yeah. it means is the players don't know all the details about the characters yet. doesn't mean the characters in the fiction don't know everything about themselves. Just the players mm-hmm. are learning. You can just say you're learning about your character yeah. rather than creating your character. You really are creating your character, but yeah, yeah. you phrase it as you're learning about your character. And okay. at each part of the adventure, you do an extra bit. It's like, okay, this is the bit where you're now going to choose your background because of this thing that happens in the adventure. When, yeah, yeah right. uh, uh, someone comes up to you and says, Oh, hi, Tom. Um, do you remember me? Um, I'm your old teacher from, and then that's where you choose your background. Mm, okay. And then they say, okay. and then Tom becomes a sailor who is the yeah. person who taught you to sail or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. I'm thinking, I'm thinking this yeah, as yeah. I speak.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. It's like, yeah, I, I think that's got a uh, certain something to it. I mean, I'm also thinking about making. DM's lives easier mm. because that is something that does preoccupy a lot of my time. Mm. Because I'd really like people to make my life easier. Mm. There's no one's making my life easier. I'm going to go and help other people because I'm just that sort of guy.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I think it, right. What was a game yeah. system that you could manage any particular part of the game perfectly mm-hmm. well in isolation? So if you haven't had a combat yet, it doesn't matter that you haven't got your combat stats. And then when you okay, have a combat, yeah. that's when you come up with your combat stats. Because now right. you need them. Okay. And if you haven't had a travel journey thing, then you don't know until then how good your character is at Wilderness Law.
1: Yeah, yeah That's okay. when you'll
0: find out. Okay. Something like that, maybe.
1: Yeah, that sounds pretty interesting. I mean, I guess the problem... Because people, when they're playing these games, they need uh, conceptual hooks mm. to hang things off. Like, basically, something that's like what you're talking about that they can build off. If you don't know anything at all about your character, it's go- until you are actually like in the mo- moment of discovery. Mm. It. I actually think that sounds quite exciting. I would play this game that you're describing, but for a lot of people, they ha- there's there's the sort of the background, the story that they want to tell about But, it, but, but so they boggling. but
0: they they may already have decided in their head. Mm, they just yeah. don't. They just don't have to write it down until they get to that point. When it, get, okay. when it gets to the point where they have to decide whether or not they're good at wilderness law, they may already mm. know in their head, "Hey, basically, my guy, my guy's Aragorn." I know yeah. every every time I'm presented with a decision, I'm going to yeah. make a decision that makes him more like Aragorn. You know, ah. they, they already know in advance sometimes what they want W-W-A-D. to do. WWAD. Yeah. What would Aragorn do? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. That's the name of the game. What would Aragorn do? Got it. Okay. Right. right, so the game is here. called "What Would Aragorn Do?" Yeah, yeah. So you make your character by playing through an adventure, and at certain yep. points, you take whoever it is you've got in your head and just think, "What would X do?" And yep. make a decision accordingly, and that yep. builds a bit more your character. And by the time you finish the short adventure, you've got a fully complete character. Yeah, and the game That's is called legit. "What Would Aragorn Do?" Love it. Yeah, sweet <laughs> we solved it. We've invented a game. There we go. I'm gonna go and okay. trademark. What would Aragorn do? <laughs> <laughs> What would Aragorn <laughs> do dot com?
1: <laughs> What's that banging at the door? Oh, no, it's the talking lawyers! Run, run.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, that's an idea. That's, that's, that's the idea yeah. I've come up
1: with. I, I, I very much like the idea that, I mean, it sounds uh, it sounds like I was clearly evolving a parallel idea to yours with the, like, different cards mm. and so forth to bring them together because that to that sound like a lot of fun and also if I'm a blank card template so you could make your own would be amazing I'm mm. so just like oh, I'll be all over that I'll be all over that yeah. oh so cool just, yeah. just you can move them around because uh, and if they got what like, if you got like the stands ones and they got like colors so you could like just mix them together and it's just mm. oh I, I just yeah. sounds like those are fun to me I'm
0: just still thinking about how what would album do? You could have a ho- whole load of starter adventures. Like, people could produce them. Starter yeah. adventures. There's like... So you never run out of new starter adventures yeah, to play yeah. with. I
1: mean, I mean, but then, obviously, we've got, we've got, the, we've got the excellent character creation system, mm. but then we sort of need to have a game. <laughs> oh, yeah. Where is that? <laughs> so it's a standalone game of character creation, but we now need to... Have a game. So <laughs> on. Once you've created <laughs> on, a game.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: so but maybe that's like one of the like like a sort of a a base for a game which Mm. is your your, your, it's hard to say i i feel that there's like a real potential and certainly if you're writing a game Mm. and you haven't really thought about how to make starting the game as fun as possible for your characters and by characters i mean players Mm. (laughs) then that's something you need to do if you're right if you're writing a game for other people to like try and read, decipher, decode, and get going, then that start of your is actually really important.
0: Yeah. Hmm. Well, food for thought. Indeed. Food for thought. <laughs> right then. I think we're probably done then, are we? It feels that way. Have we solved
1: it? We – I don't I think solved is a strong term. We've identified areas where research might be profitable. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we started the conversation about – How would you make your role playing game fun from the get-go? That that is that is the big question, and if you can manage that, so as soon as people sit down, they start having fun. Also you are onto a Also cookies. I like cookies. They make things more fun. Okay. So coming in January 2023, what would Aragorn do? The flexible life path system, which is done entirely using cookies. Yes. Well,
0: so your cookies are like rigorous. your hit point, and every time you get hit, you have to eat a cookie. I mean, we're talking about a game where <laughs> well, I'm, I'm dead in
1: seconds, but I'll die with a smile on my face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right,
0: anyway, anyway. Anyway, we uh, uh, on, moving on. Anyway. I think we're done. So, next week, we are at UK Games Expo. We hope Woo-hoo! to record something there and put the podcast out as normal. I think yes. One of us is taking a laptop, and we're going to hide in a hotel room and try and yep. record an episode as normal. But if an episode doesn't happen next week, you'll know that's why it is. But yeah. as far as we know, that is all going to be as normal. It'll be week. fine. we will just, we'll just all be jabbering and thing.
1: It'll be a nightmare, but it. So apologies in advance, Harold. I been us. <laughs> yeah, <certainly laughs> my fault. <problem. laughs>
0: Um, I probably would have done had I not clicked off. <laughs> you always do that. Asking questions. You wait for me to click away. <laughs>